Support for 100 Watts and a Wire is brought to you by 100wattsandawire.com. To subscribe to the show, simply click the RSS feed or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. When you visit, apply for your free 100 Watts ID and learn how you can become a sustaining member. Click the Donate page and pick the option that works best for you. We've got a traveling toolkit, 100 Watts and Wire gear, and activity days with prizes. That's 100wattsandawire.com. And ICOM. Contests from home or remotely. ICOM's IC9700 is available and shipping. Create your own band opening with ICOM's newest SDR transceiver, the IC9700. And LDG. LDG automatic tuners are built with industrial quality components for safety, durability, and long life. LDG microprocessors run state-of-the-art matching firmware to find a match in seconds. For more information, visit ldgelectronics.com. And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 watts and a wire. Well, hello, friends. It is... Sunday, the final day of Field Day 2019. It's Christian. I had planned to do so much more. But you know what? Sometimes life, and I've heard about these guys, and uh, even even women, you know, whoever, talk about, you know, putting amateur radio down for a while, you're raising your kids, and I always thought to myself, ah, I think you'd always have time, right? It's not true, man. Sometimes you do need to take the time. And uh, case in point is the last month. You know, missed the 100 watts in a wire tune-up, was able to listen to some stations, and uh, this time around, life has got me again. And it's totally fine. It's cool. I'm with my girls. It's all good. Mama's out studying and uh, away, so we're kind of uh, circling the wagons and taking care of the family, and you do family first. That's what it's all about. So this weekend is field day weekend, and it is storm after storm after storm. And I figure, you know what? I planned on doing field recordings this weekend, so you're going to get one from the shack, because right now I can actually be plugged in for about another 15 minutes. I'm getting alerts on my phone, and I'm listening to a station in Sacramento, California. It's only incidental, because I had been checking my... Uh, hex beam and pointing it out toward the west coast and uh, so I'm listening on the hex this guy has a really strong signal in Sacramento he sounds great and I figured you know maybe I'll just try to uh, capture a little audio here and tell you what's going on And uh, but basically for me this became a family first uh, the earth has decided to just give us so much water that we um You know, we won't go without for a while. I mean, it's nutty. Farmers can't get the crops into the ground. Uh, And that's a problem. That's a big problem. And we won't get into the discussion here about that. But in this part of Missouri, or in Missouri itself, and out in the Midwest, we are getting floods, heavy water, uh, too much rain, thunderstorms deep into June. I mean, here we are facing July with... You know, just so much. And my plans for field day, I think John Lennon said it, right? Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. Well, I had some plans for field day. I thought maybe I'd put up, and if you listen to the last show, I talked about plan A would be two mono band antennas. 
plan B would be to use some sort of off-center fed, you know, one antenna. And uh, plan C was get in the shack and operate, and that's where we are right now. I have not made a contact uh, at all this weekend, and it's okay. It's okay. I It did bum me out. I got to tell you, it did bum me out a little bit. It has nothing to do with, you know, it's just the weather. The weather bummed me out. I thought, man, this would be cool, and I thought, maybe I'll break off and go visit the uh, club that I joined a few months ago, the St. Louis and Suburban Radio Club, who has already posted it is uh, about quarter after 10 in the morning on Sunday they've already broken down because the storms you know they're just uh mother nature wins and you have to be smart you've got all this aluminum and wire and electronics and people uh best to be safe and that's what's going on i think we're going to find that uh, one of the things I really enjoy after field day is looking at the field day videos yeah, on social media, YouTube, that sort of thing. I really enjoy this. You're going to find that uh, coming out of Missouri, there's some limited stuff. And the main narrative coming out of Missouri, this part near St. Louis, I don't know how they're doing in Kansas City and other areas. But, um, you know, it's a washout. It was a washout for me. And uh, that's the little bit of a bummer. But, you know, once it starts and your antennas aren't up, it's just like, okay, I think I'll go work on the car or whatever you need to do, right? That's just life. And it's totally fine and cool. But that's what happened to your boy this weekend. A washout for K0STH. I do want to say, though, being pointed out west, and it was... um, same last night, I was pointed out west, listening on the hex beam because I had been doing some work on that. Talk about that a little bit later down the road. But uh, Whiskey 6 Alpha Romeo Alpha, W6ARA. I listened probably for like two and a half hours because I was in and out. I was working on a table, and uh, my girls are, you know, doing their thing. They're playing. We're in the house between dinner and everything else. I'm just listening to the radio. And uh, I just want to say the operator that was running sometime between 7 Central and about 10 o'clock or so, just so polite, so patient, very helpful to anyone who came in confused um, or was getting chatty. You know, a lot of people, especially with contests, they don't like to do too much chatting. They want to get on to the next uh, contact. And Field Day technically is not a contest, you know, it's a, it's an activity, if you will, but the biggest one, 40,000 hams take to the air if they can, and so if you're confused about your, your, where you are, your section, what the exchange is supposed to be, some people are not as polite. I gotta tell you, the guy running W6ARA never even mentioned his name, he always gave the call sign, he was always polite, he was efficient, Uh, He was friendly, he was helpful, and anyone who was confused about the exchange, he helped them. And I thought, this, this right here is what it's all about. I wish he would have said his name. I could probably dig a little deeper. Maybe you would want to, to find out who was on the air. But I think they were all operating under this way of just being friendly and nice and seemingly excited and happy to be working, you know? Because getting back to the life situation, you know, this weekend wasn't going to be it for me. You know, I've got other priorities. 
And uh, this one had to kind of sit out, and so did the tune-up. Two weeks ago was a similar case. This summer, it's iffy. You know, it's iffy. I've got a lot going on here at home that pulls me into that priority. So operating becomes a privilege, if you will. Uh, to just sit down and do it is actually a privilege. I could do it late into the evening, but I'm rung out, man. I'm rung out playing zone defense with two young children. Man, you just do your best to make sure everybody's good, fed up, clean, and healthy. And sh- By the way, I'm not a single dad. Mama, again, is out studying, but she has to study in a different state for a while, and then she has to move on to Germany for three weeks to study. So anyway, uh, yeah, I'm not divorced. Uh, just playing the uh, role of single dad for eight weeks here. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was safe for you. I love seeing the pictures on social media, our Facebook group. If you haven't uh, joined it, you can find us online. Go to Facebook, do a search for 100 Watts in a Wire podcast from any Facebook page or Twitter. You'll find us. And uh, there you'll see a lot of people in our um, group are, are posting up pictures. And uh, I'm starting to think about maybe 2020 doing a special get-together, a 100 watts in a wire field day. Maybe we get together somewhere, we meet, or maybe as a club, quote-unquote, maybe there's something on the East Coast, maybe there's something central uh, near Missouri, or even on the West Coast. We'll have to think about it, but it's always a good time to start thinking about it. Uh, This year wasn't for me, but I'd like to get together, at least even in a small group. Maybe I'll just assemble a team. I don't know. You can tell I missed it. Damn, I missed it. Ow. This brother right here in Sacramento is very efficient. If you're kind of listening to him in the background, uh, very polite, very efficient, working. And there is a goal to field day. Uh, you've heard me say here in the recent weeks and months of shows, to me, emergency communication, and I believe I will be joining the Aries team uh, probably in the fall to learn more, to train. I've got some FEMA certifications that can kind of uh, qualify me for joining an Aries team local, the Amateur Radio Emergency Service. I better find out what the acronym is before I... Uh, uh, before I get into talking too much about it, but I want to learn. I want to train. I want to learn more. And I believe that these weather conditions, the intensity and frequencies of the storms that we're seeing now, uh, uh, very important emergency and disaster communications are an interest to me and probably my future. You know, I, I think that's where I want to go and study and be of help. And field day is one of those things. And what happens is, is I believe that since it started decades ago, uh, we found a way to get up and get efficient and have everything up and ready by, you know, one or two o'clock, depending on what time zone you're in. And then uh, we've sort of turned it into a contest a bit, you know, where we're making as many contacts. And that's good. We needed that extra element to the emergency preparedness Get your stuff out, get it up in the tree, get your antenna set, get your rigs up and running so you can make contacts. Okay, cool, it's done. We're going to monitor it and we're going to make some contacts now. And that's really what field day is. But we don't forget the intention uh, is to be prepared to get out there and get set up. The camaraderie is great. You have food with friends. Maybe we'll do something like that in 2020. 
and then we will uh, get together and practice and exercise ourselves and our equipment. This week, I've got to get to some uh, some pieces. I got a satellite piece with Patrick. He's going to join us this week, teach us about the satellites. Also, Paul is here with the ham side. So I'm going to get to the fellows. Thank you guys. I hope you all made it. Uh, appreciate you and your support. We're going to take a break and we'll come back and uh, hear about satellites and then we'll get into Paul and wrap things up for this episode. CQ, CQ, CQ. This is 100 Watts and a Wire. Friends, can we talk about ICOM radio? Yes, indeed. The IC9700. You can create your own band opening with this new SDR transceiver. It's the ICOM 9700. This new radio is bringing direct sampling to the UHF-VHF weak signal world. That's the IC9700. All-mode transceiver. It is loaded with innovative features, a dedicated amateur satellite operation, color touchscreen, D-Star capability, RF direct sampling on 2-meter and 70-centimeter bands, and we all know about the IC7610. This is the SDR radio every ham wants. It's a high-performance SDR that has the ability to pick out the faintest of signals, even in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. It's the ICOM 7610 direct sampling software-defined radio that is changing the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. And we can't forget the IC7300. It is changing the way entry-level HF is designed. High-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design. It will far exceed your expectations. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information on all ICOM radios. And BioNO Power, offering the best performance lithium iron phosphate batteries for your ham radios. Visit BioNOPower.com. That's B I O E N N O P O W E R.com. Or contact dealers nationwide. Made in America, shared worldwide. This is 100 Watts and a Wire. Hi, this is Patrick Stoddard, WD9EWK. During last month's Dayton Hamvention, the big new thing to appear for satellite operators was ICOM's long-promoted IC9700 all-mode VHF-UHF transceiver. The IC9700 is probably the true successor to ICOM's IC910H. Like the IC910H, the IC9700 has all modes at 2 meters and 70 centimeters, 100 watts on 2 meters and 75 watts on 70 centimeters. The IC9700 also includes the 1.2 gigahertz band as standard with a 10 watt transmitter. The IC9700 does all the modes that the IC910H could do and also includes D-Star. The touch screen on the front of the IC9700 has a waterfall to take advantage of the software-defined receiver built into the IC9700. The IC9700 also has an Ethernet port which allows for remote use of this radio. It also has a port for a 10 MHz reference which originally was only usable to align the radio. You could not have a GPS disciplined oscillator connected to that port on a full-time basis and keep the radio's frequency stability where you really need it for digital modes. 
a recent firmware update from ICOM now allows the use of a GPS disciplined oscillator or something providing the 10 megahertz reference on that port all the time. Initial reports from HAMS are showing that this new firmware update allows for better use of digital modes with the IC9700. Satellite operators have had no problems with the IC9700 in the traditional FM or single sideband or CW modes. And for those who are familiar with using radios like the IC910, there's not much of a learning curve with the IC9700. Most of the satellite functions are available through the touchscreen instead of using distinct buttons on the front panel. The 1.2 gigahertz band that's now standard in the IC9700 has drawn interest from satellite operators. The AO92 satellite, also known as FOX1D, has an alternate uplink receiver at 1267.360 MHz, give or take. Uh, for many people, the 1.2 GHz uplink has been uh, a bridge too far in terms of trying to work different satellites. Uh, there are radios like the IC910H and Kenwood's TS2000 that had optional 1.2 GHz modules. There are those who are using 1.2 GHz FM mobile radios or, like I do, using a 1.2 GHz HT to work the satellite in the 1.2 GHz or LV mode. With the 10 watt transmitter in the IC9700, this becomes a little easier reality if for no other reason the 10 watt transmitter provides more power to deal with potential coax losses between the radio and the antenna for the 1.2 gigahertz band. ICOM has been listening to its users and so far has released four firmware updates in the last couple of months since the radio appeared on the market. I do not have an IC9700 but some point in the future I expect I will get one. Right now I have radios that allow me access to the three bands that the IC9700 covers. The big difference for me would be having access to higher power levels. For satellite operating I don't need 100 watts on the 2 meter bands or the 75 watts on the 70 centimeter band but it would be nice to have all that in one box maybe in the future. During the Dayton Hamvention, AMSAT had its traditional presence, a large booth with information about AMSAT, and with AMSAT, the Amateur Radio on the International Space Station, or ARIS, uh, booth was right across from AMSAT. And outside the first building at the Hamvention was AMSAT's demonstration station. W3ZM stroke 8 was operating from outside the hamvention over the three days. Different operators were on the microphone for different passes. And if I remember correctly, W3ZM stroke 8 even worked some stations across the Atlantic in Europe uh, from Dayton, Ohio. This is a major event for AMSAT every year. You know, big presence lots of volunteers putting in time to ensure AMSAT has a, a good presence at the Hamvention, both at the booth and the station outside. Lots of people come by with questions on satellites, satellite operating, and 
answers to those questions were being given both at the booth and outside at the station. As the official start of summer is just a few days away, many satellite operators, like other ham radio operators, are getting out away from home and operating from other locations. For many who work satellites, this is a common thing to hear operators going out away from home to rarely heard grid locators and putting them on the air. Some combining this with road trips or other trips where they have opportunities to operate from lots of different locations. I did this around the Dayton Hamvention last month. Uh, almost a week before the start of the Hamvention, I flew to Detroit, rented a car, and drove into Ontario for a few days. I worked my way up Ontario's 401 motorway from Detroit, Windsor, through Toronto to east of Kingston above upstate New York. And in there I operated from different places including the Point Pelee National Park which is southeast of Detroit and Windsor. Point Pelee is the southernmost point on the Canadian mainland. It's also in a rarely heard grid square for satellite operators EN81 although that grid also covers parts of Michigan and Ohio. I spent one day there, a Sunday, operating on different FM and single sideband passes and also making this an activation under the Canadian National Parks on the Air or CNPOTA program that's being run north of the border during 2019. I made enough contacts to have my day at Point P. Lee considered an official activation. CNPOTA is like the NPOTA program ARRL had with operating from U.S. National Park sites in 2016. It was fun to spend a day at Point P. Lee where many people were down there watching birds flying around and I was working birds. And After my day at Point P. Lee I worked my way up to Toronto operated from a grid boundary north of Toronto, FN03 and FN04, followed by operating from another grid boundary about 100 miles east of Toronto at FN13 and FN14 near the Ontario town of Trenton. And then one quick visit to a highway rest stop in grid FN24, still in Ontario before making a long one day's drive from the US-Canada border in upstate New York through Syracuse, Buffalo, Erie, and around Cleveland and Columbus to get down to Dayton in time for the Hamvention weekend. After the Hamvention I drove up through Indiana and south, into southwestern Michigan before returning to Detroit to fly home. For my trip 10 days I operated from 12 different grid locators and drove a little over 2100 miles. Uh, APRS coverage was pretty good on this trip and I've been able to plot a map showing my travels. You know, basically a clockwise trip around Lake Erie and Lake Ontario over those 10 days. It was fun and I have more road trips uh, lined up during the summer as do other satellite operators to interesting and rarely heard places. And speaking of trips to rarely heard places on satellite, at this moment, Gabe, who's licensed as AL6D in the U.S., who lives up in Alaska, 
He is currently flying across northern Canada, operating using his Canadian call sign VE6NJH. Earlier today, he stopped in a small town in the Canadian territory of Nunavut, operating as VE6NJH stroke Victor Yankee Zero, putting more rarely heard places in northern Canada on the air. He's flying a Cessna plane, visiting different places, uh, doing sightseeing and, and working the radio. He's worked stations across North America and Europe on his current trip. Uh, he should be up there for a little bit longer. And if you're working satellites, this is a good chance to get some places that otherwise would probably not be heard on satellites for a long time, if ever. As always, if you have any questions or comments for me about what you're hearing on these podcasts, please feel free to look my call sign up on QRZ.com and send me an email. If you're on Twitter, I'm on there as WD9EWK. Let me know. I'll be happy to answer questions or point you in the right direction on things. Uh, AMSAT's always available online at AMSAT.org. Maybe we'll hear you on the satellites during the summer. For 100 watts and a wire, this is Patrick Stoddard, WD9EWK. From the summit to the shack, this is 100 watts and a wire. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast, proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable when you sell it, with no paperwork required. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. And West Mountain Radio, maker of the popular Rig Blaster. Connect almost any rig to a computer to operate using 100-plus software programs like FT8. Use code 100WMR to get 10% off a rig blaster. Hamvention is many things. A trade show, a swap meet, seminars, a chance to socialize and spend time with friends in a radio-centric setting while enjoying a variety of food and beverages followed by cheesecake on a stick. But one of the shining jewels of the Hamvention experience is the opportunity to meet and talk with many specialized organizations, some of which may spark your interest in a new facet of our hobby. One of those groups might be HamSci, a group comprised of scientist hams. According to their website, HamSci serves as a means for fostering collaborations between professional researchers and amateur radio operators. It assists in developing and maintaining standards and agreements between all people and all organizations involved. HamSci is not an operations or funding program, nor is it a supervisory organization. HamSci does not perform any research on its own. Rather, it supports other research programs, such as those funded by organizations like the United States National Science Foundation. I spoke with the HamSci folks at their booth. All right, now I am here at the booth for hamsci.org, which has got a lot of interesting-looking equipment and some very enterprising young gentlemen here. So let's get some words. First off, everybody, give me your name and your call, and then we'll talk about the organization and what you do. 
So I'm Dr. Gareth Perry, New Jersey Institute of Technology, uh, KD2SAK. Diego Sanchez, Essex County College, KD2RLM. Evan Markowitz, uh, NJIT, KD2IZW. Briefly fill me in on what HamSci is about. Uh, HamSci is really a collective uh, putting hams together with scientists to uh, look at some science projects, specifically to study space weather, the ionosphere, uh, the Earth's geospace environment. Um, so it's a collaboration that really leverages the, the skill set and the technical ex expertise of the ham community and also just the scientific uh, know-how of the science community. Okay, and is this for anybody or is it aimed at students or how is it built? Uh, it's for anybody. We're taking anybody who likes science, who uh, has something they can contribute to ham. Uh, so myself, I'm a formally trained scientist. Uh, I got looped in or attracted to this by Nathaniel Frizzell, but uh, there's also a young scientist. Uh, we have high school students. Uh, we had a meeting recently where we had uh, an eighth grader give a great presentation on their research. So it's really for anybody. We're bringing in anybody that wants to contribute. Okay. And what is your participation in this? What have you been doing? So what interests you about this? So um, I was brought into this by uh, Nathan Professor Nathaniel Frizzell. Uh, and right now, currently, he has me working on trying to, uh, using RBN and WhisperNet data, to try and see if we can visualize or track down uh, traveling ionospheric disturbances. Okay. And you? Uh, yeah, so uh, HamSci has a nice partnership with the New Jersey Institute of Technology. So I'm a student over there, and he hired me to help work on the database work for this project. Okay. So tell me a little bit about the equipment that we see here in the booth. Yeah. Um, okay, so some of the stuff that we have here, we have like this Doppler effect receiver thing that essentially it's looking at WWV, which is a station that gives all sorts of time information and looking at Doppler shift coming from that station. Um, additionally, we have over here, we have a setup that was actually brought to the Antarctic, um, a radio setup, a logger and recorder um, based on a Red Bataya software-defined radio. Um, so that's just some of the equipment that we have right over here. Okay. Very good. So if anybody else wants to join in, they can. So what's the best way for them to do that? Um, well, I mean, first check out our website, definitely, hempside.org, uh, just to kind of see what kind of stuff is going on. But um, the, the big participation, I feel like, is going to be one of our projects is we're trying to uh, develop personal space weather stations, um, you know, trying to make it uh, relatively inexpensive uh, stations or kit that people can purchase and set up and uh, try uh, get a much uh, larger, um, just get more data to be able to do research with, basically. Yeah, on top of that, besides our website, we also have um, a number of mailing lists that you can sign up for to get more information and learn more. And as things happen, you, you can be there in real time seeing what's happening. So that's, that's the place to be. Yeah, and, and uh, sometimes we have spot experiments. I work with the satellites we have up. It's called Cassiope. We have a receiver on board, and we participated in field day by eavesdropping and on CW bands to do some science. So there'll be, uh, on the hamside.org, there'll be announcements about that so people can participate that way as well so they can get their hands dirty. Okay, and if I remember correctly, you guys were very involved during the eclipse in tracking. Yeah, uh, during the eclipse, there was a QSO party that was organized uh, by HamSci, and... Uh, had a lot of people involved, and uh, Nathaniel published a paper on the data in, in one of our more prestigious journals in space physics, and it's got very good reception, and, and really kind of uh, displays the power of involving the ham community in science. It's a real valuable asset. So. The majority of ham size focus is on the upper atmosphere and space physics, but they may be expanding on that in the future. 
If any of this sounds interesting to you, they'd love to hear from you. Go visit their website at hamsci.org. That's hamsci.org. For 100 Watts and a Wire, I'm Paul, WD9GCO. Back to Net Control with Christian, K0STH. Do you really expect me to run this radio station with nothing to say and no way to do it? My thanks to Patrick for teaching us more about satellites. I know more and more people are getting involved with the satellites. Um, I'm not quite there yet. I don't have the antenna. I may make something down the road. We'll see. I'm just not there at the moment. I am still so very much in love with HF and its antenna systems that I can't branch out quite yet, but that's the reason why Patrick's here, a special op to teach us a little bit more about that aspect of amateur radio. So thank you to Patrick. Also, I thank uh, Paul for gathering that interview at the 2019 Dayton Hamvention in Xenia, Ohio with the ham side guys. Those guys are super smart, and it's really interesting to see what sort of research they're working on. And Paul has gathered more information and different interviews to share with us in the weeks to come. Right now, I'm listening to a station, I believe in Utah, Sounds like a young guy working, perhaps a teenager, and that really is important. The future of amateur radio is with the young people, and so it's great. He's getting blown out a little bit here. There's a lot of uh, activity on the band. It's still within the 10 o'clock hour central time, just a few hours to go uh, in field day 2019, but I was hearing him much better now. He's getting pushed aside with some adjacent signals that are pretty rough, but if we listen, he's in there, listen. I'll dial him in. He may have shifted a little bit. But there's so many. The thing about field days, there's so many uh, signals on the bands that it's really hard to get one and to hold one. Let's go up here and see if he's coming back here. He was getting pushed around, and sometimes uh, you just park and bark, and if you're getting pushed around or somebody's too close to you, you need to move and shift a little bit. But. Maybe in there you can hear them a little bit. It's Whiskey 7, Bravo, Alpha, Romeo. I think they've switched operators. So uh, if you're... uh, able to pull that out you can hear someone sounds like a a young lady in there whiskey seven bravo alpha romeo so important invite the public in and uh also show kids the cool side of amateur radio the science side of it making contacts now they're coming up a little bit I did see some stories about uh, grandfathers who had their grandsons on the air this weekend on Saturday, which is wonderful. Uh, If you can get your kids and your uh, grandchildren, whomever, uh, to operate on the Get on the Air station, the G-O-T-A station, 
Uh, always a cool thing. G-O-T-A. Get on the air. Hope you had a safe and happy field day. Uh, we will uh, meet again next week. Until then, please take care of yourselves and each other. And by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. Join the 100 Watts in a Wire community. Visit 100wattsinawire.com.